Hello out there, podcast listeners. This is Surviving Seattle, the podcast. I'm not by myself. You know, I have my friends. I'll let them introduce themselves. I'll start to the left. <laughs> this is Xavier. Y'all so extra. <laughs> what do you do, nigga? Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you, uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, Counting by day, uh, free by night. Oh. <laughs> Walter? Oh. <laughs> Walter Heron, uh, Work for the fire department by day, by day, and by night. Yeah, and by night, <laughs> I'm always working. I'm Lena Davis. I'm, I'm a public servant mm. by day, and at night I just do what I do. Hey, <laughs> well that's all right. I'm glad they can join me today. It's been a long time coming, but um, we are here. And you know, I start every uh, episode with a survival tip, and today's survival tip is. Serve an eviction notice to those who are draining your resources. Therefore, trade the apology for changed behavior. It goes without saying. It's pretty deep, so you want to talk about that? It's a good one. Woo. <laughs> yeah, I'll start on this one. So I'm going to tackle the, the middle part of it first. Uh, save, what was it? Save the save apology. The apo- trade the apology. Trade the apology. For for change change behavior. Because a lot of people, they'll tell you what you want to hear in the moment. Um, You know, you always talk to somebody and it sounds good when they're in your face, but what what are their actions telling you? And I always always tell uh, people around me, don't allow somebody to show you who they are twice. Believe them the first time. And I say that not saying don't don't allow them to tell you who they are. Don't allow them to show you who they are twice right. and you not believe them because those actions tell you exactly who they are from the beginning. Yeah. Because they'll tell you many times whatever you want to hear, but the actions really is where it goes. And it's not going to change. That, that person is going to be who they're going to be. Regardless. And, you know, they're going to show you up front, you know, if they got your back or not. Um by their actions you can you can see them in in a room full of different people and you can see them in a room just you and them and see how they act because people can get around other people and they turn into a completely different person and they treat you a completely different way but when it's just y'all oh we the best of friends you know what i'm saying oh yeah we know anybody want to chime in but you don't think that that person can change period though I don't think it's necessarily a change. I think it's, like I said, if they show you who they are, then believe it the first time because somebody has to feel like somebody, something is wrong to actually change. And if they showing you that that's, that that's who they are, they don't, they don't feel like anything's wrong with that most of the time. They're telling you, I mean, you know, their, their actions are their character. But maybe they don't think something is wrong with them. But you know, adults are nothing but big kids with more responsibility. Hey, that's oh, true. <laughs> and you do know that without conflict, there'll be no change. That's without true. Without change, there'll be no conflict. So okay. sometimes that communication might have to go into some form of conflict because it's going to get easy once you try to address somebody on the behavior that they display. It'll get easy when they at first don't agree, but then they may see what you're saying because it's you who's feeling it. Yeah. Right. 
I agree. Yeah, I, 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 I completely agree. agree with that. Uh, when it comes to that, though, I feel like that that's a test of the relationship. I feel like if, you know, at any time when you get into it with somebody that you're supposed to be close with, yeah, I mean, we're going to have an argument and we can, you know, fight it out, exchange words. But at the end of the day, you should be able to come back to a common ground and say, this is where the disagreement happened. Let's discuss it. Let's move forward from it. I think that's the test of a relationship because if you and that person get into it and that's the end of the relationship, that means that that wasn't a relationship worth having anyway or worth keeping, in my opinion. Right. And I totally agree with that. But you know, they say with the with with disagreements with in real relationships, friendships, anything, it's all about the forgiveness phase. You know, if you can't work through that, that's an issue. So but forgiveness is for who though? It's only supposed to be for the person who's actually saying, I forgive you. Forgiveness is one side. Right. Reconciliation takes two. But the reconciliation part, mm-hmm. when you if it's, if it's a tried and true relationship and the reconciliation becomes difficult because forgiveness shouldn't be hard. Right. It's what we're supposed to do, especially right. if you believe in God. Right. But it's the reconciliation part. If that's difficult, if like I get into it with Walter and it's just me and Walter, but when I come into a room, everybody know we got into it. That's an issue. Yeah. That wasn't a true friendship. Now everybody knows we got into it and I didn't say anything. So the other person had to, I feel like the best relationships, if you fall out with somebody and you just fell out, nobody knows why it's not, it's respect and you ever get back cool. You can, you can always pick back up where you left off because, first of all, it's respect. Loyalty is important. You know, I, I shouldn't be telling everybody exactly in social security number if we fell out. Because when we get back cool, then I have to run that risk of saying, you know, man, when we wasn't cool, I, I kind of told people that that's your social security number. You know what I mean? That, and who want to have that discussion? Right. If you really respect somebody and you just fall out, you just fall out. But um, I do agree with that trade apology for change behavior, but that's with everything. I think I think those words can be interchanged with friend. You know, friend has now become a watered down word. Love, sorry. You know, those three words, you show those affections. You can show how loyal you are. You can show, you know, how you care for somebody. You can truly show, hey, I really apologize. I messed up. But somebody just say, I fucked up. I think the respect is there, you know, but. And see, and that for me, I, I, really really agree with you with friends it is so watered down because i look at people's profiles or whatever on facebook and they got thousands of friends or whatever and i'm just like really are you really these people friend you know and that's why i call anybody who i really consider my friend i consider them my family because i'm not just going to use that word loosely friend yeah, yeah, that and I, and I was actually just about to go back to that too, um, because I tell people all the time, and people get mad at me when I say this. I don't have friends. Um, if you're close enough to even, you know, know me on a personal level, um, you're family to me, and I, I do feel like people use that word so loosely, like everybody is your friend. And I always, I always say, you know, I I don't feel like you can trust somebody that has too many friends. Like I just feel like that's a sign of you know, you're trying to be accepted in too many circles instead of staying true and loyal to, you know, the the soldiers that you have 
immediately around you. I feel like, you know, if you got, to me, if you got more than, you know, five, ten people on your team that's just close, close to you, that's, for me, that's too many. Well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to challenge you on that, but I'll challenge you later. I, I think that if you truly use the word friend, I think what people get confused with saying, that's my friend versus they just cool. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there who think somebody's really, really cool. That's my new friend. It's not like that because you're supposed to treat everybody like you treat your neighbor, your family. And I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people. I treat everybody good, but I know who my friends are. And I don't call everybody my friend. That's why I always ask people, I don't have best friends because I don't feel that's such thing. Now you having this hierarchy. He's my friend. This is my best friend. What makes the best friend versus the friend? All your friends should be the best of friends because a friend is a very valuable word. Mm-hmm. But you cool with somebody? It's the people I'm damn cool with that I have my back, they have my back. And if they ever intertwine and become a friend, it's because we've already built that. You know what I'm saying? We've been there. We You, you can tell when people are tried and true. There's people like you go out with, they cool, man. Hey, they gonna make sure you you up on the latest. They just cool. But when you like really, 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 really in your words and say, hey, I need to borrow a thousand dollars. Or hey, I need you to come through or we need to pull up on somebody. No questions asked, no questions asked. And I, I, I and I, I it sounds like I'm being serious, but there's some times where you really have to roll up on people and you have to you have to be ready. You don't need nobody to say, let's let's talk about it. Wait. And see people take their word associate and make it a bad thing. Nothing wrong with being associates. Nothing. Nothing. But I, I think, you know, getting into that that whole point of premonition of friends and stuff, I think in your career, you know, I think people don't own up. You know, you have, like people say, people leave jobs for two reasons. And one of the reasons is people who they work with. Because best because we spend time together. We're not friends. Mm-hmm. Now, you will become, if you get close to somebody and say, that's my work buddy, it's fine. That doesn't make them not worthy of your friendship, but they're not friends. You know what I mean? But what happens is at work, when somebody messes up, and we just say supervisor to employee, own your mistake. Hey, man, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I think. Have you ever had a subordinate talk themselves into the right answer? Mm-hmm. It happens. And, you know, what that does, that lets you know, like, they're not serious. You know, this this not real. Because what I could say is, hey, I messed up. I assumed X was going to get it done, and I didn't communicate. The email didn't go through. That's my bad. We can work through. But if I start saying, I know I sent them the email, and I'm over there flipping through, like, mm-hmm. you know, I can easily type Xavier's name. It'll show mm-hmm. sent. And I can say, here it is. It never comes up. And we're like, I know I said, hey, X, you didn't remember that time I was telling you? So we're sitting there having this dialogue, and my, our boss is right here like, man, what's going on? Who gonna send the email? Like, you know, let's just get it done. And I think that's really important. And I, I think the first part, serve an eviction notice to those who are draining your resources. Mm. We in touch on that. Mm. Mm. There's people who come in. Yeah. That's a tough one for me, because oh, yeah. I give people lots of chances. Lots and lots and lots of chances. And I hold on to those relationships like it's dear life. And then at the end it's like, all right, well, fuck it. Mm-hmm. And now it's just completely go but it takes a long time for me to get to that point so that's one of my goals going forward is learning how to let those relationships go a lot sooner to save myself from a, the, a couple of years of, of life because I'm stroke out dealing with people 
And that's what I was gonna ask. Like, when do you get to the that point to where you feel like you've given too much of yourself and not getting anything in return? Well, before we really get into it, let me <laughs> let me say this is our survival tip, and it's starting our episode because our episode is called "The Purge: Preparing for Your New Seattle." As we as you know, you follow the podcast. Your Seattle can be a new job. It can be a relocation. It can be a new endeavor. It can be a new part of your life. It can be being a new parent. Whatever your Seattle is, it's called the purge. And sometimes when you prepare for something that's new, it's hard for you to decide what needs to carry into that next. And some people try to pack everything instead of, you know, they tell you, here are your three boxes. This is what you need to take with you. Sometimes people try to take the three boxes. They try to borrow some of your space. They see if they can carry something on their back instead of really going through and purging anything in life, you can't carry everything with you into your next phase. Every chapter ends with the page, it ends with the period, and you have to turn it. And when it comes to that purge, sometimes people cannot accept it. And I think that what, like what you just said, you have to learn how to start letting things go. I think that's gonna forever be a struggle because I struggle with that now. And I struggle with it because I always fall back to a what, where did I go wrong? You know, because the, the best thing to better yourself is you're going to always say, what was my mistake mm -hmm. in the situation? Even when it's nothing, even when it's with losing your job, losing a friend, losing a relationship, losing an opportunity, you always say, what could I have done better? And sometimes there's nothing you could have done. And so this episode really is going to focus on preparing for your new, whatever that is, we're gonna talk about Persian. And like I always tell people, the people who appear on these episodes, we're all human, we all make mistakes, we don't have the right answer, and there's more than one way to skin a cat. But all of us in here have been through some shit, and we can talk about it, and we're gonna talk through it. And some of us are still going through some stuff, and we're gonna still talk through it, and we're gonna give you our spin on it. And that's all we can do. So Walter, what you were saying? When do you get to that point to where you, you've given all of the resources that you can give and you feel like you're just being taken advantage of? Like you, you feel like you're not getting anything in return? Because in my mind, a relationship is a, a push and pull. Um, you should, of course, you should go in looking to, you know, not just gain something from it, but give of yourself. But at the same time, you know, what? when do you get to that point to where you're being taken advantage of? You really can't. I mean, what they say, you can't give to receive. You can't always think what someone is thinking. Like everybody in this world has motive, good or bad. And it's up to you to decipher who's giving what. Sometimes people pull the wool over your eyes. Sometimes you don't know. The only gauge I know is when your life starts getting affected, your bills stop getting paid, or you start not sleeping, or shit start happening all of a sudden these situations come in your life and you like what's going on that's when you know and because every time you look back and if that's that point or that gauge still go back to that person or that situation or man i'm doing all the work over here and my my co-worker keep getting acknowledged or they promoting up and i'm i'm the one who's staying up here all night like you have to start doing that gauge yourself and it keeps pointing back to that's how you know I've exhausted my, like, my time at this job is up. I know it's time for me to go. You know, so there is no true gauge because you cannot go into any situation with it figured out. I learned that 
I'm not no Lena could tell us. We we <laughs> you go into some things like, man, you know, this is gonna be good, it's gonna be cool, but you can't you never sow a seed looking for the plant right off or whatever the harvest is, you know, hey, I'm over here planting this cotton, I'm gonna pick this. No, you don't know what is gonna come out. You have to just go into it. Harry took me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm mean, okay. Okay. Yeah, so you really not gonna know until it really starts affecting you because you know, with my situation that I had to purge, mm -hmm. um, it affected me health my health. Yeah. You know, it affected my whole being, really, you know, my spirit, just everything. I was unhappy for so long. Mm -hmm. And I just saw my mentor a few days ago. And she said, you have this whole different glow about yourself now. And she said, and I believe that you were unhappy for years and just didn't realize it because you were still trying to hold on and fight and until you just couldn't anymore. And so she said, but you have this whole glow. And she said, it just brings tears to her eyes just thinking about it and seeing me. And... And I guess I never really realized that. Mm -hmm. And that's why on my Facebook page, what you call it, a little backdrop part or whatever. The cover photo? Yeah, the cover photo. It says you cannot begin the next chapter of your life until you turn the next page. Right, but what 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 was that breaking point? That rock bottom for you that, that made you say, um, okay, I need to remove this person for the betterment of myself. You want to be real? Come on, that's what it's about. When I was curled up in that corner crying and fearing that he was going to whoop my ass. That's when you knew. That's when I really knew. And do you think, do you feel like you should have saw it before that? Or oh, do you yeah. feel like it, all of that needed to happen to get you to the point that, that you Because I should have left a long time ago. I shouldn't have been fearful of leaving, you know, but I was like, Dad, I'm not a quitter. Mm -hmm. You know, I need to fight. I need to stay in this, you know. And did I feel like I was the best in my relationship? No. Was I perfect? No. Was it a lot that I needed to learn still? Yes. You know, because I'm still on this earth, I'm going to forever learn until the day that I die. Yeah. But did I deserve everything that I went through? No. And the moment that he said to me several years ago that he knows that he could just treat me any kind of way and I stick around, I should have walked in. Because I was like, this motherfucker is doing this right now. Really? And see, that's what I think. That, that brings me back to the, the being taken advantage of part because I feel like when you get to a certain point with, you know, the people that are closest to you and you show time and time again that you're going to be there no matter what, you got their back no matter what, I feel like they, they start to get comfortable in that situation and say, oh, well, you know, I don't, I don't have to give this much that much attention here because I know that person's going to be there. So... Let me go explore all of this other, you know, all these other people and give all these other people attention. And you got somebody that's loyal to you that you running in the dirt. You know what I'm saying? Go on and dig yourself on up out of here, Eric. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
would say in a lot of situations as far as I haven't had strength to leave other people alone. But a lot of times um, they left me alone and kind of I found a way through that. So you don't have the strength to walk away, but other people have the strength to walk away. And, and then you kind of find your strength within that. Um, majority of my, my trust issues are from uh, dealing with my father not being present. And uh, that's probably my biggest purge that I need to get out of my life. I don't want to necessarily say purge um, because I want to offer the opportunity, um, which I have been um, for him to be in my life. But at a certain point, you know, you got to kind of let that shit go. And then hopefully everything else kind of works itself its way out, you know. But when someone purges themselves from you, like you said, mm -hmm. does that diminish you a little bit on the inside? How does that make you feel when someone say they're done with you? Well, when they say they're done with me, it it, it, it does hurt because um, I deal with rejection issues and stuff, and I've been dealing with that all through my life. Um, recently, I just uh, broke up with my, well, I'm going to say recently, it was almost a year ago now, uh, broke up with my girlfriend, and she didn't want to talk to me at all, but I think uh, if she hadn't said that, then we probably would have been still going through the same cycle. Um, so she walked away and um, chose not to speak to me. So they gave me some time to reflect, kind of think about some of the things that I've done or some of the things that I noticed that she did that I wasn't cool with. Um, and it's kind of like a learning experience. So it, it definitely hurts. Um, but at the same time, you know, no pain, no gain. So you gotta kind of- But her not talking, like her not talking to you, did you have moments where you would try to still talk to her or how did that, how did you work through that? Uh, actually, she cut me off completely clean. So what I did was, uh, her birthday was in August, and what I did was I typed out a message. Uh, did it in text message, did it through email, did it through uh, Instagram or and Twitter. So all forms that I had, I don't know what she had me blocked at or if she still had my number. So I just sent it out and said, this is not an attempt to get back with you. Uh, I just want to say, I appreciate all that you did, um, and I want to thank you for everything. But this is how I felt when this happened. When this happened, um, and if we never speak again, just know I love you. It is what it is. It's no no beef on my end. And then I just let it be. And if she read it, then she read it. She did. If she did, she did. And that's one of the things one of my uh, my therapist told me to do was I'm actually supposed to write a letter to my father and let him know how how I felt. And if he reads it, then he reads it. But if he doesn't, then I can, at least I can say I sent it out and I've read it out loud. I've heard myself say it and that's all I can do. Let it go just, and grow. Exactly. Yeah, when I, when I went to the therapist, they, they had me do a fill out form mm -hmm. of saying, like writing this letter. And then, but they wanted me to mail it. And I stopped at that point. I was like, it, I think this is therapeutic <laughs> enough because I think for you to, Put something on paper, per make it permanent, and then send it to later for them to either taunt it or humiliate you. And you know you're not supposed to do anything with the thoughts of what they're gonna do with it. Mm -hmm. But I would hate for me to really put my heart or my feelings into something and send it out, and then to see them like making a joke of it, making a mockery. Because you know we're in a we're in a world where everyone a screenshot, mm -hmm. everyone wants to share. There's no secrets. There's no no one internalizes anything. Mm -hmm. When you're in a relationship with somebody, you're in a relationship with their family, their friends, when you're, whatever you're doing is all public. 
So that's why I said when I talked to her and we and it was very that was a very good session we had and I think it really helped me like just kind of smooth because you know when people mess over you and when people like drag you through and when you know that your intentions are good and you're just good to people, I think there's always a set of eyes that are looking to destroy that because there's somebody I always think that you have it together or you're the best thing smoking and I'm gonna find a way to show you that you're not that. And then when they can't get that way, they go other ways and go other avenues. And so when you just had a good heart, like X was saying how he, she cut him off. You know, when you cut somebody off, you know, that that is really, I think that's kind of diminishing. You know, I've been cut off before and, and I'm okay, but I always say, you, you know, what I did, what I did. But someone told me, um, some good advice I got one time, somebody said, Never hang your head when you know you've done all you're supposed to do or all you did when you started counting your tickets or counting your chain and you realize it's nothing you did wrong. It's nothing to hang your head down. If they cut you, if they walk, let them walk. And so um, that's how I feel. When, you know, when I finally start letting people walk when they walk, it's a great feeling. At first you feel like, damn, you know? And that's why I wanted to know, like, how you, how did you, because when I, when it hit me, when they, people start trying to cut me saying I was wronging them and all that bullshit, I was like, what I, wait, what I do? You know, you start trying to get answers, but then when you weren't getting answers, but you were getting all these excuses, then I start saying, got it. Mm -hmm. It ain't me. And like you said, when you start recollecting, you start going through and counting your tickets, like, oh, she was doing some foul stuff, or I wasn't really keen of that. It made you feel like, well, hey. Maybe this was the best thing, period. And then it opened you up for, cause you know, I always, I always measure stuff by bandwidth. Sometimes you don't have a bandwidth for bullshit. Mm -hmm. And so when you sit around, you be like, man, I'm trying to think about what I did. It take you too much, two hours be done passed. I done lost two hours of sleep on thinking mm -hmm. about some bullshit. Let me let that go. And you just, you purge. And you start always putting, you know, if it's a selfish thing, hey, but you start you start replacing people's names with your name. You know, instead of Walter need a new pair of shoes, Corey need a new pair of shoes. Walter couldn't get to the bus stop. Corey ain't going to because you start looking like you said. Social media is a it's it's a it's a double edged sword. Mm -hmm. You asking me for five hundred dollars, but you boarding a plane. Hmm. Houseway. Yeah. And I started looking at that in my life. That's why I took the trip. I took. Remember I talked to you about it. I ain't never did nothing for myself. Hmm. And people always assume, Corey, oh, you, you fancy. Well, I'm gonna I'm go ahead and live up to that name. I booked that flight and I had the time of my life and I went by myself. But I always say, you always, just the people you are, the person you are shows in your character because character ain't something that's built overnight. You know, people can like, hate you, like you, and oh, I don't like the way he chew his food. I don't like the way she wear her hair. But if somebody say some shit like, you know what, she untrustworthy. Man, I talked to her, such, such, such. Man, he ain't loyal, man. I called him and he didn't answer. He know those character flaws. And that ain't something you could just say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to do better. No, because you're going to do that shit tomorrow, mm -hmm. next week. But if you really say, hey, man, let me tell you something. This ain't the first time I heard that. Man, I'm really working on that. If you could bear with me, you know, we ain't perfect. You willing to kind of fight through it. But sometimes you're just like, man, is it worth it? And then that's where you are, you know? So 
I'm I'm being on I'm being on Persian now. I mm-hmm. Persian motherfucker in a minute. Right. And see with me, I think the reason why another reason why I held on for so long was was because I did have abandonment issues. Now, you know, I always used to joke or whatever, and Lord forgive me, mama forgive me, but I always said that I was a result of an affair. You know, my mama was doing what she did and had me, you know, because she was married to my older brother's father, and he went away into the military, and boom, here I am. Mm -hmm. You know, and I felt like he didn't fight for me to be with me, you know, be in my life. You know, even though I found out who he was later on in life, you know. And then with my stepfather, you know, my mom, you know, after how many other years, 30-something years of marriage, she dipped on him, you know, and which she should have, you know, and she came running to me. But out of everybody, he cut me off. You know, he still talked to my mom, he talked to my brothers and my sister, you know, and talked to everybody else but me. Because he felt like, you know, I was the one who told my mama to leave. No, you need to look in the mirror first of all, bruh. Mm-hmm. But then, in my marriage, you know, he the one who fouled. Now, mind you, I told him, you know, next time he would use that, you know, as a weapon against me, like, you know, trying to get me to correct you know, myself and my behavior saying, you know, I want a divorce, you know, I'm going to file for divorce. And I told him, you know, you don't know what that does to me every time we get into an argument and you use that, you know, so next time you say it, be ready. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to beg. I'm going to dare you. Go do it. Mm-hmm. So, she cried. <laughs> I ain't cry in front of his ass when he uh said it again and I just told him do it. Yeah. So he went and did it and you know what he told me after he did it? He didn't expect for me that too, but he didn't expect for me to not fight for our marriage. So it's your fault. Dude, you went and did you went and filed them papers. File your papers and be good with what you did. Right. Stand in your shit. But then, when, because he told me, you better get your shit together and get you a place to stay, you're right. So, it wasn't nothing but God. I'm sitting over there eating lunch with a co-worker and looked up and saw this building. I went over there and they were like, ooh, we can give you a discount. I was like, well, hallelujah. Because I don't want to pay more than what I was paying for in my mortgage. Right. And so here it is. And then when he saw all that, that I was packing up and getting my shit together, like he said, oh, he got pissed and was fighting mad, hanging out with this one over here, going to your house. You know, oh, he was fighting mad. You out there doing what the fuck you want to do. You right, my nigga. Hmm. You fine. You fine. I'm going to let that one stay. It, 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 it's fitting. I'm going to let that one stay. Because I was in it. He could say all he wanted, but he wasn't going to do nothing. You know, and so when he was ready and told me he was going to go to jail, 
I was like, shit, he, he big dude, you know? And so I was curled up and I was like, damn, I really am losing my marriage. You know, so here's another man that I feel like is walking out of my life. You know, but at this particular point in my life, I'm making me a priority. I don't care, I don't know if he joke about different guys or whatever, Walter, joke about different guys, you know, coming around or whatever, you must got you somebody new. You don't even get to come over no more. I'm making me a priority. I love it. I being here, mm -hmm. enjoying what I'm paying for, mm -hmm. me. You know, and I have some goals for myself. Yeah, I'm taking trips, going places I ain't never been. Because you felt like you did not go because of sacrifice for somebody else. Exactly. And that's what comes, like you said, those three boxes. Every time you were supposed to purge, mm -hmm. that was the backpack mm -hmm. that you couldn't fit in the box. Or that was the purse, that marriage. And, so, you know, and I, I was going to ask you, it, did it take you a long time to finally purge the marriage because you didn't want to feel like a failure? Or was it because you were really fighting for something you believed in? Or was it the perception like marriage is from better for worse? You know, which one was it? What what was the breaking point at that point for you? I think it probably was a balance. Because I did have love for him. It's my college sweetheart. Mm -hmm. You know, we were together forever, half of my life, mm -hmm. you know? And so I said, once I got married, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to just let it go so easy, you know? It was gonna be for better or for worse, you know, hell. I believe that through sickness and in health, all of that for richer and for poor, okay. hell, I, for poor, you know? And I, I believe that I did that, you know, I was fighting for that, you know, I believed in my vows. Yeah. But you know, he did some stuff in our marriage that he shouldn't have, and, and I forgave still him. forgave him. The, the art of forgiveness. The art of forgiveness turned you into a fool. Real talk. Turned you into a but big ass fool. On the flip side, because I, I wanted to get to that, um, because of course we look at, you know, other people taking advantage of us but at the same time on the other side of the coin when do you when because comfortability comfortability to me is a human trait mm -hmm. and so when do you get too comfortable in the relationships that you have to where you you may start to be taking advantage of other people but you want to know what for me i realized my part that i played in our marriage that I shouldn't have put him on a, a damn pedestal. I shouldn't have. I believe that, that on most occasions, I put him before I put God first, you know? I really do. And we've had that discussion, him and I, you know, and I've had this discussion with my therapist. You know, shout out to Dr. Cheryl Edinburgh. Hey. <laughs> if he used code. Use code survival. But she told me that just like a water bottle, I poured him into that water bottle so much and to the point where I tried to pour myself in there and it just spilled right over. I left no room for me. Uh -huh. 
So I played that part in my marriage, I believe. And so because I was mentally draining myself, I just was like, bump it, I'm still here. I'm still in this. I guess I'm still fighting. I ain't gonna quit. And it showed all over me. But I'm good now. I promise yeah. you I'm good. Yeah, it, 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 I'm, I like that magic because my therapist, you got some dope-ass therapists. <laughs> my therapist used the um, art of washing clothes and living out the bag, living out the load. She was like, you know, when you, um, when you washing clothes and so when you dry that load, you throw it back in the bag and then you just live out that bag. She said, that's chaos. She's like, but you have to go through, you know, when you have to, you looking for a sock to match and you just... Let me find it, but take the time to really pull it out, compartmentalize it, so you'll know where everything is, so you know the priorities, and you put that bag back in, you put that bag back in, here my shirts, here my towels, here, et cetera, whatever the case may be, but it's hard living out of a bag of laundry, and it's so much easier if you organize that bag, and just know, like you said, know your worth, and you'd have known, hey, it's too bad his socks, it's too bad his, or whatever. You so stupid. <laughs> Walter's trash. Just know, it's, he's trash. But uh, that's important. Yeah. You know, I think that's important. So, yeah. I like when you said that water bottle because when you do, yeah. So. I thought you about talking about golf balls. Oh, buddy! Oh, buddy! <laughs> Them golf balls. Do you have enough? Them pulling the sand. We all know about the golf balls. Shout out to Bernie Reed. <laughs> but. Taking that on, moving further, when you are addressing and purging things of your past, so removing the things that may have held you back from your true purpose, and you know sometimes if you see the same story or the same trials repeating themselves, you know do you start putting the guilt on yourself? You know, like let me let me switch the tables. Has it ever been a time where you were the user? You know, have you, can you think about a moment when you feel like you messed over somebody or you took advantage of an opportunity like, hey, I'm at this job and, you know, I got this coworker that's doing everything for it and I'm going to just ride their coattails because, I mean, ain't nobody checking for me. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, has there ever been a moment? Can you think about that on that side? You know, because we can always play the victim, but there's ever been a time where you felt like you took advantage of a situation. I think everybody, everybody has. Um to some extent, mm -hmm. uh, just in my personal life, I'd probably say I've abused people's trust as far as relationships. I've never cheated, mm -hmm. but I've used that gray line of friends yeah. with benefit, and people felt like we were getting more into this area yeah. of being together, and it's, no, we're not together, so it's, I still have my right <laughs> to do what I want to do, and yeah. uh, it kind of affected uh, relationships like that. Well, you have honest, though. Yes. Like, when they asked you, did you tell them I am fucking others? Or um, did you? Some points I did. Other points I did it because I know how they would feel about it. Um, even though I I felt that technically I wasn't wrong, but you were wrong. morally I was. I was like, I was if it, did anybody ever ask you and say, "Hey, is it just us, or are you seeing other people?" And a lot about it. Yes. And you would lie. Yes. And say it's just us. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't say it was just us, but it would be the 
the truth. The name of the third people did. Yeah, I don't think people. I don't think people want to know the name. I think people just be straight up and honest. Oh, like, hey, is it just me and you? Are we exclusive? Oh, they did. Yes. Oh, they were petty. <laughs> Dang. Oh, wow, X. I was a wild boy back in my day. Uh, <laughs> we still in that <laughs> But yeah. Walters, no. You um, never missed, you never. Honestly, I really can't think of a time because for me and, and anybody that's close to me knows this. Um, for me, loyalty is everything. And I go out and, like I said, you know, I, I, I don't keep many people close. So the people that I do keep close, um, I feel like I go out of my way for them. Um, and like I said, of, of course, I feel like everybody gets comfortable. So you do you do get those times to where you may get too comfortable with somebody just being there um, and take advantage of that part. Um, but all in all, I can't say that I, I've had a time where I felt like I just used somebody um, for personal gain and, and not not giving up anything of myself. I'm sure. Sure, thank you, because I feel like a terrible human being. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And Walter and I just had this discussion, and you know, earlier about using somebody. I said I was going <laughs> Right, you know, and so, and I know that was coming from a place of anger yeah. because I feel like I was being used, you know, and um, I was like, well, I'm going to show you. Better than I could tell. Uh, man, that's Dang. my favorite saying, you know, but. What the saying just said? <laughs> Trade the apology for action. <laughs> so you don't show. Then you use them. But I believe when I was younger on a job, I, I believe I have used um, other people to take further steps in what I was trying to do. Um, but in my adult years, because of those mistakes, I felt like I was being punished for that. I believe that I was always the one trying to be the giver and pleaser and, you know, expect loyalty from other people because I'm displaying loyalty. And I felt like that I was being done wrong. But I realize now that I can't expect me from other people. That's it. Yeah, and see, I'm, I'm, that's, I'm, I struggle with that part. And going back to what you just said, I think I, I get to that point. Um, I, I think I've been that way because early, just early in life, I experience, you know, people using you, and I know what that feels like. So I don't try to do that to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's that. I think for me, that was just kind of a life lesson that that built, um, that particular character trait for me. Um. So yeah, and let, let, let me replace use. Use is a terrible word. Let me say, has your motive always been pure when going into situations? Because everybody has motive. It could be good, bad. Hey, you know, motive is motive. But let me say, was your motive always pure? 
But I can also say mine wasn't always pure in some aspects because I knew sometimes that I had the upper hand on some people and I would really abuse that. I wouldn't say abuse it, but I would always set it up to where if I ever need to pull that, that card, I could, you know? So that's why I would say I would, re, I would replace use and say, because I don't think anybody in this room is users, you know what I mean? But let me say maybe your motives wasn't the best. Right, so I'm gonna tell you about a little story. Um, there was, and I feel like because it was twofold. Um, you you remember back in college or whatever, Discover Card used to give uh, these college students no the college students these credit cards with like a thousand dollar limit or whatever. Yeah. I had got me one. I was like, shoot, I got my first credit card, you, you know, whatever. This. Right, so. I had two roommates. I had got an apartment and had got two roommates. We wound up getting um, put out of whatever because of one. And the other girl, she wound up staying with me um, temporarily. And so she was like, girl, can I borrow your car um, to get these tires or whatever, these rims on my car and I'll pay you back. She was a shift manager at this fast food joint, right? So I was like, okay, well, she making a little money or whatever. And, you know, we cool or whatever. So I know she'll pay me back. Young, dumb, naive or whatever, right? So let her use my car and stuff, you know. And so we wound up moving out. I went back into the dorm and stuff like that. I don't know where she went. And so, no, I take that back. She moved into the dorm as well. So I start asking her about um my uh, money right mm -hmm. and so she was popping off at the mouth or whatever with me right I'm like, no she didn't she owed me some money and i gotta pay you know this card back right so i was like okay i got some people for her. so i called my little people you know told my little people what was going on they was like bet that we got you you know so Put a uh, car on two center box, you know, got my uh, rims back and sold them, got my money, you know. And so she asked me, she was like, girl, did you know that somebody stole my rims? Girl, it's gonna take a minute for me to uh, get you your money back. I'm like, oh, girl, I ain't worried about it, you know, I'm chilling. And was in her face and didn't care. So I just, I guess I just, like I said, I feel like, you know. That wasn't so, bad. That it wasn't bad. bad. It wasn't bad. That was okay, called getting what, getting what getting you owe. Yeah. Because she took advantage. So, nah, I, I like that one. I like how that ended. I, I thought you were going to say something else. I just fucked her up. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, she came with that money. Because <laughs> I've heard them stories, too. So. No, I left on two cents block and got some money. Yeah. Did you about to say something about this? Not like my friend about. Oh, you did? I'm gonna edit that.